The following is a Joel Mahalik production. <clears throat> Let me explain something to you. Whenever you come in here and interrupt me, you're breaking my concentration. You're distracting me. And it will then take me time to get back to where I was. Understand? Happy weekend, everybody, and welcome to the Joel Mahalik Show featuring the lovely Sharon. Uh, my name is Joel Mahalik, and I am in the studio here with the lovely and the sexy and the lovely, sexy Sharon. Okay. Hi, everyone. Hi, and welcome. <laughs> Thanks. Thank for, you. <laughs> thank you. Thanks for joining us on the program. Uh, we are located on the World Wide Web at www.jmtalk.net. That's how you get there. Uh, you should subscribe to the show because it's good for your health. So be sure to do that. You can also visit us on social media. Our addresses over on social media currently are TikTok and Facebook at JM Talk and Instagram and Twitter at JM Talk Radio. So uh, we've got a lot of great stuff on the program this week. And if everything technically, in a technical sense, works out, on this week's show, we have uh, we have a special treat coming up later on, um, but some great stuff to talk about. Um, the first thing I wanted to talk about, I knew what it was, and now I don't know what it was. <laughs> he just okay, people. It he was, just looked at me like, oh, I know uh, what, what it was. did I want to talk about? He doesn't. I know. What he it does was. not tell me what he wants to talk about. Right, and, and I do, <laughs> and I do, and I, I do not, and I do not, do, and I do that on purpose. Right. But I did want to say, and we're not, we don't usually get into politics, but I do want to say, you know, election is right around the corner, and I am encouraging everybody to exercise their right to vote in person. So okay, as long as that's as far as it goes. As long as far as it goes, just okay. go vote in person. All right. Don't make me go. drag you. I will drag you. I got, oh. We have a truck and a van. We can put a lot of people in there, and I'll drag you. Yeah? Yeah. All right. So, all right. Anyway, on with this week's program. So... The first thing that um, I wanted to discuss was CBS's remake of Stephen King's The Stand. Okay. So, and you remember, I, I asked you earlier in the week, do we still subscribe to CBS? Absolutely. So, I mean, I'm a little, uh, I got there's some discussion that has to be warranted here. Okay. First of all, I have concerns, and then sometimes my concerns are reinforced by uh, here's my concerns hulu as you know about two years ago made an eight-part series limited eight-part series for stephen king's book november um 22nd 122263 you remember 112263 11, what did i say yeah. did i say 12? You said 12 i was thinking of your birthday that's why <laughs> uh so, and I, I, I've read the book uh, several times. I love the book, and I felt like they ripped this off when Hulu made the series. Yeah. And so I was concerned when I heard the early talk about, like, Showtime was going to do, redo the stand, and then somebody wanted to make a, a, a part one and part two movie out of it and hit theaters like it did. Right. And I was reinforced by the remake of it because it was very well done. 
I think that 112263 was very poorly done by Hulu, and then I think that the remake of it was very successful on the big screen. So that's why I have these mixed emotions about CBS doing it. Are you going to be okay? <laughs> yes, I am. I'm just getting throbbing pains in this hand. Well, maybe not hold the book? No, it's not because I'm holding the book. <laughs> So, about a year or so ago, I introduced you to the stand. You actually never saw it. Right. And then we were down the beach, and we watched it. And we, I mean, we knocked well, all four I've parts seen, out. Wait, before the beach, I have seen bits and pieces, because any time it was on, you put it on. So, there were times when I was forced to watch bits and pieces. However, it but, was the first time I sat through the movie. You're correct. I will also say, yes, because it's four parts, so it's approximately like six and some hours. And I have to say, we knocked it out in an evening. Yeah. And I also have to say that you did not nod off. And, I know. And you can't sit down without nodding off. You're not no, off no, now. No, no, no. I so, shut up, I am not. So that's how interested me, okay. you, you were in that movie. Can I just tell you something? Possibly. The reason I nod off is because my chair is is demon is a demon, and when I sit in it so and I beach? put my feet up, yes, and I put my <laughs> feet up right, and it just makes my body go to sleep. So when you're at the beach, your chair here is sending vibes. Yes. Evil demon, yes, demonic evil vibes. Evil demon okay. vibes. Yes. Okay, so you were really into the stand. <laughs> One of the things when I first started hearing about the remake um, was I was concerned about the cast. I think that the 1994 miniseries has an amazing cast. Yeah. And I think these the actors and actresses were cast properly. So this is another one of my concerns. Okay. Now, uh, the lady in 1994 who played... Stop. Because I know you're playing around now. <laughs> Uh, the lady who played Mother Abigail, Ruby D, was actually only in her 30s when she did the movie. They did a really good makeup job. Yeah. While she played Mother Fremantle. If you don't know the story, you have to go and read it. Uh, or, or, or see, see the 94 before this comes out. So, I, I, now, early on, and I did confirm it was true that they were in talks with Matthew McConaughey to play Randall Flagg. Because in the in the, was it The Gunslinger? The one that he just did recently with... Uh, uh, um, Idris Elba, yeah. Elba Idris. yeah, Idris Elba. Yeah. I think that was called The Last Gunslinger or something. And the character that Matthew played in that was a rendition of Randall Flagg. Like Randall Flagg is like five or six different characters in the Stephen King universe. Iterations. Right. And he was in talks, and I thought he would make a great Randall Flagg. So oh, he's yeah. not playing Randall Flagg now. Randall Flagg, who was played by Jamie Sheridan, in the new one is going to be played by... Alexander Skarsgård. Now he would make an awesome. I think he'll do good. Awesome, at that. yeah. See, I love him anyway, but I do believe he would make a great Santa Claus. I mean, it was who are we talking about? Uh, Alexander Skarsgård. No, not him. Randall Flagg. Yes. Okay. The dark yes. man. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I was playing around. I knew it wasn't Santa Claus. <laughs> <laughs> so. 
so I'm looking at the cast. I see they made some uh, they made some uh, changes in the cast as far as like some people who were men in the book or, or women, and I don't have any problem with that. I, th- that's a big thing these days because they, you right. know, for whatever reason, when they do remakes, they want to make these changes and equate the field. I get it. I have no problem with that. You know what I mean? Right. I have an issue though with Mother Abigail. Whoopi Goldberg's going to play Mother Abigail. Now, let me tell you something. I only know. Two things that Whoopi Goldberg has done well in my years of watching her. Comedy and hating the current president of the United States. That's it. I don't know how she's going to do this role because this is a very serious role. It's kind of horrifying. It's kind of drama. No, no, no. She did other roles. I would... Okay, I would... She did other roles well. I would rather Tyler Perry get into makeup and Medea play Mother Abigail in this. Oh, no. <laughs> I think there would be a better job. You did job. not just say yes, that. Yes, I did. I think... I would- love you, Tyler Perry. <laughs> and I, I love Medea. And- I, I mean, I'm... I love, 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 love Ter- Tyler Perry. Okay? I mean, I love him. Babe, I gotta tell you something. It's like... <laughs> I'm but, just kidding, but no, seriously, really? Be, I'm just saying. Uh, I don't, like, out, out of some of the cast that are being cast, you know, like James Marsden is playing Stu Redmond. I guess I'm okay with that, you know. Well, you um, don't have a choice in the matter. So. Amber Heard is going to play Nadine Cross. I guess I'm okay with that. I'm, I'm really okay with the Alexander Scars. I'm not okay with the Whoopi Goldberg casting. I'm really not. Well, I don't think she's going to be able to pull it off. And maybe I'll be surprised. I think you will be. Um, all right. All right. All right. Well, so we'll find out, everybody that's listening to this show, okay, let's do a little friendly wager, okay? <laughs> okay. So you're here's, wagering with everybody. Is that what yes? You're I'm wagering. Okay. Everyone against you. <laughs> wow. <laughs> okay. So we're all gonna love Whoopi, and you're gonna hate her. I'm not saying I'm going to hate her. Because I have reservations about it now doesn't mean anything. I had reservations about Alexander's younger brother, Bill, playing uh, Pennywise in the remake of It. And he did fantastic. You know? I mean, there's still... there's. So you just never know. You're right. You never know. And she may surprise me. Yes. There are a lot of people who will not give Bill Skarsgård any credit for playing Pennywise, the, the dancing clown, in It... Because they're so in tune to Tim Curry, like he's the only person that can be, excuse me, it, and that, and that's not true. Like I felt that way, but Bill played a truer to the book version of it, and the truer to the book version of that clown is scarier than Tim Curry ever will be, you know, as a clown. So, okay, so since we're talking about people that you don't think would make a good fit for a part. Robert Pattinson and Batman. I'm still a little skeptical, even though the trailer does look okay. He, you know, again, though, and here's another thing. Robert Pattinson does not get credit for being an actor. And you know why? Because he does a lot of art house type films and he does them well, but people don't see that. So this will be, I think, the first mainstream film that he's going to do since the Twilight series. No. No? No. Because Water for Elephants was an awesome movie. It was an and art house film, though. Yes, but it, w- it didn't have art house film actors in it. No, I understand that. Reese Witherspoon played. I understand that. So I don't... 
I'm talking about movies that get wide releases. You know, well, art house films don't get wide releases. Gosford Park. Remember when we worked in the theaters? Gosford Park was an art house film. Limited release. We got it months and months after it made its limited re- release and then went to the next stage, which still wasn't a wide release. And that's a lot of what he's been doing lately. Including Water for Elephants. And that's fine. All I'm saying is he doesn't get the credit he should get because of that. So now he's going to play the Batman in you know the new Batman kickoff. And we'll see where it goes. The trailer looks really good. We like the trailer. He looks very dark in it. You know, um, and uh, he's playing more of the. If you pay attention, if you read the Batman comics, he's playing more of the uh, Dark Knight version of Batman, which is a very crude version of Batman. Okay. But anyway, so CBS December, <clears throat> I want to say seventeenth is when this limited series, The Stand, comes out. Okay. So I will be watching it. I will be focused on it, and I will be. I'm warning CBS right now. I will be highly critical of it. Wow. So uh, we're going to stay on this theme of television and entertainment for a few minutes. Okay. Okay, because we have to talk about. Uh, Charlie Brown, the Peanuts Gang, and their holiday specials. Okay. Yeah, you know, the Great Pumpkin, no, the I, Thanksgiving, I the exactly Christmas. exactly what you're talking about. Okay, for the first time in 57 years or 54 years, they will not appear on network television. They're done. <laughs> okay, why? They were swallowed up by <clears throat> Apple, and they're exclusively available on Apple TV. Now, that being said, because a lot of people are going bonkers over this, so, I don't know why this isn't loading, because it should. Um, you can still watch them. Why is this It's not loading correctly? Why? Um, what if I open in Safari? So, yes, Apple has purchased it, and now you need an Apple, uh, you know, Apple TV subscription. Another streaming service. These streaming services are getting on my nerves. One of the reasons is I can't keep up with them anymore. Like, you know what really ticks me off is when we have HBO right. and we have all these movie yeah. channels and we yeah. have the on-demand services and we have mm-hmm. CBS and ABC and we have the on-demand, but now they've all created this lock-you-out, make-you-buy monthly subscription yeah. to get even more content. Right. It's a monopoly and somebody needs to break it up. Right. I know Congress is too busy right now, but they need to look <laughs> at this as a monopoly and it needs to be broken up. Oh, well. So, um, all the holiday specials, The Great Pumpkin, along with Charlie Brown Christmas and Charlie Brown Thanksgiving, all available to stream on Apple TV. Um, the deal is exclusive, and it means that specials will not air on ABC this holiday season for the first time in decades. Now, um, here's the deal. Charlie Brown Thanksgiving can, will be airing November 18th and the Charlie Brown Christmas premiere on Friday, December 4th. But if you're not an Apple TV subscriber, you don't have to worry because the streamer's making sure that the specials are available for free for a limited time. Okay, from October 30th to November 1st, you can watch the pumpkin one for free. Thanksgiving following November 25th to the 27th, watch that one free. And the Christmas special from the 11th to the 13th of December free. So you get a two-day window in which to watch each of the three specials for free until you have to, you know. Right. Okay. Unless you own them. And now I feel like, Jesus, I wish we would have bought them. How would we have known years ago that a decades-old cartoon that means a lot to our childhood and our children... Yeah. 
and exactly. our grandchildren would just nope. w- would just be taken over by you know. I thought at one time we did start buying them. I know we were buying the ba- the uh, Bass and Rankin specials, Christmas specials. Right. So, um, okay. but yeah, so that's the deal. If you want to see it for free, you have a two minute window, two day window in which to watch them free. But I cannot really wrap my hands around this. I don't know how something like that. How does network television let that go to a monopolized streamer? It's all about the moolah. Yeah, you're right. It's all about the money. It's all about the money. You know, you got, I mean, Disney's got streaming, and they purchased up what the whole Star Wars franchise yeah. and uh, Marvel. Don't they even Marvel? Did they buy Marvel? That's where I you can watch know. all the Marvels. I think. I don't know. But we Disney, have a lot of yes, Marvel. Yes. Yeah, Disney. So the, I, I just think these services are a bunch of who, who, uh, um, uh, hooey. I don't know. I don't know what I think. You don't know what you think? Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, then I guess we'll, um, uh, I don't know. We're too close to the end of this segment to get any more opinion from the lovely Sharon. How much time do we have? About a minute and a uh, half. okay. Have a, but since you don't have an opinion, I will stretch the time by telling them that we have a new one by the week coming up this, for this week, um, which is, mm-hmm. um, which is really interesting. In fact, I told you what it was. You said I'd never tell you anything. I did tell you about the one bad a week, but you probably yes, forgot. yes. Honoring a new hero later on. We want, we're going to talk about what happens when you donate clothes. Okay. Okay, which yep. is what we're in the middle of doing quite a bit of. Yes. Um, and like I said, if everything technically, technically, technically goes well this week, then we're going to be doing um, something interesting later on on the program as well. So I'm going to suggest everybody hang out. I'm going to get to that in just a second. Everybody hang out. We're going to do a quick break. <laughs> I keep showing him something and trying to get his attention. <laughs> and when we come back, more of the program coming up right on the other side of this. This is New York Super Oldie Station, 920 WON. The Apple, Brooklyn, New York. So I use my computer every day. I'm not even sure how I get along without it. But I wasn't prepared for a virus. A Trojan, they called it. One night I'm cruising along, and the next night I can't do anything. I was afraid it was going to cost me a fortune. Boy, was I surprised. They had me back up and running the same day I called them. I really like PC Tech Rescue, and you know what? My wallet likes them too. Are you troubled by computer problems? PC Tech Rescue should be your very next call. Whether the problem is viruses, hardware, software, or any other issue, they can diagnose your problem and have you back up and running fast. With more than 25 years of industry experience, you can be sure you are getting dependable and affordable service. Call today, 484-429-6061, or email us at pctechrescue at gmail.com. Welcome back to the show, folks. It is the Joel Mahalik Show featuring the lovely Sharon. Thanks for coming back after the break and uh, moving along with the entertainment that we have in store for you. Yes. We have another Wombat coming up here very shortly. (laughs) We're honoring a new hero uh, in the next segment. The next segment could be interesting if everything goes well. Um, That's after the lovely Sharon leaves to go sniff on the macaroni and cheese that I am making in a crock pot. I know. He says to me, what do you want for dinner? And I said, what do you think I want for dinner? <laughs> what do you think? 
Mac and cheese. Yeah, we're having like a, an amazing weekend of dinners. We have yeah. uh, mac and cheese, my, my special crock pot mac and cheese that, that people are willing to, well, if they were paying me for the recipe, I would be making all kinds of money. <laughs> so they're not offering money, but they are clamoring to get that recipe. Yes, yes. And uh, then I'm making uh, stew tomorrow. Beef stew tomorrow. I know. Tomorrow. Now and then, if you only take out the vegetables and the beef stew, it'd be amazing. And then we're having your amazing chili yes. the day after that. Yes. So we have like a really good slow cooker lineup going on here. Yeah, we do. But anyway, on to the <laughs> show. So right. um, we have in our possession, it's an older book um, called the, uh, the New Book of Lists. And it's called The New Book of Lists because, you know, when I was a child, my dad possessed all the, there was, I think, three of them, paperbacks, The Book of Lists. And then they went away for a while. Really interesting books. And then they came up with this big one, um, David Wallachinsky and Amy Wallace, the new book of lists. And it's just lists of amazing things. So the lovely Sharon pointed out that there was a list <laughs> in here that she wanted me to address. 15 notable events that happened under the influence of alcohol. Now, we're not going to do the 15 things, but we did find one of those things in the list that we thought was wow. extremely it, it interesting. Was a, it was a huge what? Yeah, that it happened under the influence of alcohol. So, yes. of the 15 things, the founding in 1935 of Alcoholics Anonymous was done under the influence of alcohol. Wow. Go figure. <laughs> Alcoholics Anonymous came into existence when a New York stockbroker named Bill W., an AA member, uses only his last initial, an alcoholic who had stopped drinking as a result of a spiritual experience helped a physician named Dr. Bob to quit drinking. During a business trip to Akron, Ohio, Bill W. met Dr. Bob and shared with him his own experiences as an alcoholic and his method of recovering from the disease of alcoholism. Suffering from a severe hangover, the still woozy Dr. Bob had his last drink on June 10, 1935, the next day, with Bill W., he founded the organization Alcoholics Anonymous. Neither Bill W., who lived until 1971, nor Dr. Bob, who lived until 1950, ever drank again. The fellowship they founded, which is based on the concept of alcoholics helping other alcoholics, now has more than 2 million members, as of the printing of this book. Right. Since COVID, though, there's probably 17 million members. <laughs> right. <laughs> but it's, it, really, it really is an interesting thing that it, it was founded through the influence of alcohol. Exactly. Um, who would have thought? Who would have um, thunk it? And I guess Dr. Bob was just so enthralled with Bill's story, I suppose, Yeah. to wake up from a hangover and say, that's it, and let's do more about it. Right. So I thought I was going to make fun of this story, but I mean, no. beyond the fact that it, <laughs> yeah, it right. found it under the influence of alcohol, right, right. I don't want to laugh at it really. I think it's, it's pretty cool, you know, as this book is in, in almost every sense of the way. Right. Um, so I don't know if there there really wasn't anything else in this list. I mean, th it was interesting, the Lincoln's assassination. That's because John Wilkes Booth was drinking before he shot him. Right. Um. So, yeah. And then you mentioned the Exxon Valdez oil spill. Yeah, he was drunk off his ass when he crashed that tanker. Um, so, yeah. Um, Alcoholics Anonymous was founded <laughs> under the influence of alcohol. Um, so, we ha so we have this book. We dug it out. <clears throat> and we may visit it from time to time. Yeah. And that's what I would like. And then in between time to time, we'll visit it time to time more. 
Or time and again. <laughs> time and again. There you go. Time and again. All right. Um, so, we are, and again, I know I keep saying this, so I'm hoping I'm keeping people like on uh, like on the edge of their seat every, every week when I say, we're doing this, and we'll let you know why as soon as we can. So, we're doing some clothes donations, the lovely Sharon and I. And it's just really weird that we're in the middle of doing some stuff like this. And then this story came across my desk. What really happens when you donate your clothes? And why it's bad, which I didn't think it was bad. But there's reasons why the author of this article says it's bad. So anyway. Yeah, you would think you're donating clothes for other people to wear. Well, that's the thing. Most people bring all... They, they go through their clothes. They say, I want to keep this, I want to keep that. And then they take the rest of Goodwill or Salvation Army and they donate it. And the idea, of course, means that your unwanted pieces will go to someone locally who needs yeah. it yeah. You know, at a good you know rate. And then you can pat yourself on the back. Right. you did a good job. Right. So, contrary to that popular naive belief... Naivete... Li- no, naive. Oh, okay. And they, uh, there's no T in there. Okay, just <laughs> Is that Swahili? Yes, it is. <laughs> uh, less than 20% of clothing donations, donations that are sent to charities are actually resold at those charities. Generally, the other 80% is sent to textile recyclers who then determine the next cycle of the garment's life. Almost half the donations will be exported and sold in developing countries, while the other half will be recycled in the rags and household insulation. These actions are taken primarily because, as Elizabeth Klein, the author of Overdress, the shockingly high cost of fast fashion, explains, there are just far more unwanted clothes in the United States than there is demand. I can believe that. And I can believe that because I am married to the lovely Sharon. <laughs> and <laughs> now I'm sorry, there's a perfect time to mention this. And every day, like you have so many clothes. But okay. every day you have nothing to wear. <laughs> I don't get it. In my head, I can't compute that thing about why a woman has all these clothes, but nothing to wear. Nothing ready to wear is more appropriate. <laughs> okay, well, you can fix that easily if that's the problem. Yeah, but laziness kicks in. I don't feel like I don't need You'll put an outfit on and you'll say, <clears throat> how do I look? And I'll say, you look great. And then like, I turn around and I turn back around and you're changing. Right. Why bother asking me? Because when you say you look great, that's Swahili for (laughs) (laughs) you got to change your clothes. No, it's not. It means you look great. Jeez. (laughs) Anyway. um, So, although your clothes aren't going to someone locally, they are going somewhere. So, the author does make it sound like it's a bad thing. And she explains some things as to why she thinks it's bad. But I took the positive things out of this. Okay, if we have such an overuse of clothes in this country, okay, great. The U.S. sends away over a billion pounds of used clothing a year, and a lot of those excess textiles are sent to East African countries like Kenya, Rwanda, and Uganda, each of which have received so much that some have proposed banning the import of clothing because there's so much of it coming in. But they're recycling it, you know? The problem is... Americans now, today, are buying five times more clothing than they did in 1980. What? Why? Why? That's a good question. Why? You know? I mean, well, no. Let me rephrase this. I know why. Because 
um, you see something nice that you like, you want it. Well, so you buy it. Right. One massive theory, though, is that social media is to blame today. What? Because you'll see somebody wearing a t-shirt or whatever, and you're like, oh, I got to have that. So you go and you get it. And then also- But look- you could have seen that same person, not on social media, but walking down the street, and you're right, like, but social oh media my goodness, is I like that shirt. this day. So I would agree with them when they say social media is the blame. I don't. You know? Because it influences people. Uh, yes, I agree that, yes, it does influence people. People do see it on on social media. You know what I mean? I'm not, I'm not really disputing that. But I, my point is, you could see it, somebody wearing it somewhere else, too, in passing, you know? Right. And then you see it in their store, and you're like, oh, that's where he got it. Yeah. I got to get it. But so for me, my whole point is, I don't, like, I, like, I don't understand the bad arguments that she makes about it. If people want to buy it and throw their money away... Right, it's their prerogative, and then they and then they throw it away. They donate it, and it goes to something maybe other than someone else wearing it. Okay, well then we're. I, I am a fan of recycling. Well, I have seen on my clothing where it says it's made of recycled product. Right. So I mean, I know it's not recycled out of someone's underwear, but well, it's recycled. It might be out recycled of, out of someone's underwear. Yo, come on, stop. Maybe it's recycled out of someone's jock strap. Stop. Ew. You're so nasty. <laughs> so I'm okay with the recycling part. I have no problem with it. Yeah, I, don't I don't know either. why the author of the story has a problem with it, yeah. but that's the reality of it. And years and years ago, I interviewed a recycling manager on the show, on the old show, and he said the same thing. They get clothes and they get actually bundled up. They get pressed into cubes and they're shipped overseas on ships. Well, and they go to China and whatnot, where they're used to. They're either uh, clothes are remade out of them, or you know, yeah, house insulation. If I had known that, let's just take all our old clothes and shove them into the walls. Right, <laughs> save money. <laughs> if it works, it works. Right. All righty. Um, is there something you want to say out of that before I move on? No, go ahead. You sure? Positive. Okay. I am positive. We're going to talk about the Wombat of the Week. Okay, let's talk about the Wombat of the Week. But first, let me tell them how they can send in their Wombats of the Week. Because you can can get involved in this process by sending in a a link to a news article of stupid people doing stupid things to us at joelmaholicradio at gmail.com. You can also send it to us in a private message across Facebook. Remember, we're on Facebook at JM Talk. And that's how you can do it. Stupid people doing stupid things. This one comes out of, uh, I think, Britain. I really don't like ads. You know what I mean? I really don't like ads. So, uh, from Newsweek. This is a man jailed after having sex with chickens. What? Yes. That's so nasty. Come on. I told you about this. I know, but still, it doesn't make it any less nasty. A man has been jailed for for three years for having sex with his own pet chickens while his wife filmed him. Ew. She's just a sick. Yeah, this this is what really makes it bad. Care worker Rahan Beg was described as depraved, despicable, and perverted. For the animal abuse that would, quote, make any right-thinking member of society sick to their stomach, end quote. 
37 year old 37 year old he abused the chickens in the basement of the home he shared with his wife Halima who was 38 and also featured she was also featured in some of the footage of the abuse uh, the videos recorded using a GoPro camera were saved under file names family vids at one stage Big alternated between having intercourse with his wife and then the chickens Ew, <laughs> according to court records I'm sorry this is how the Wombat of the Week works we, an- we announce what it is and we read through the story. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Big was sentenced after pleading guilty to having intercourse with chickens, possessing images of himself and his wife engaging in sex acts with a dog, and making indecent images of children. Uh, his wife was handed a six-month suspended sen- sentence after admitting that she filmed her husband. So she rolled on the husband. <laughs> That's basically what that is. She rolled. Wow. <laughs> he made me. He made me your right. owner. <laughs> uh, the brown and white chickens died as a result of the abuse of the couple's home. Um, and uh, the police dis- uh, discovered the depraved offenses when they searched the family home last July. Uh, officers seized two computers, a laptop, and a mobile phone. And also they found evidence on the computers of child abuse, uh, including 11 counts in the most serious category A. That's really disturbing. Thank God they live across the pond. Not that we don't have disturbing people here. Right. But this is sick. (laughs) It's nasty, sick, disgusting. It is. Um, So I want to skip over some of this stuff because I don't want you to throw up in the the floor here. Um, The judge is the the one who said that any right-thinking person would bring a sick to their stomach. He added... The pain and suffering you must have inflicted on these animals must have been horrific, and all these chickens died as a result. These home videos were created for your own sexual gratification and kept so that you could go back and watch them again for sexual gratification. They are beyond comprehension. Um, mm. So, yeah. Uh, crazy. That is... Wow. I mean, there's got to be better ways to make chicken salad, right? Stop. No. <laughs> I'm sorry. I had no, to find something. Because, mm. come on. Ew. But that is the one man of the week. Both he, of them. He should be denutted. Well, he may get denutted while he's in prison. I don't know how they do things over there, but... Wow. That, that's gross. I'm sorry. That is so nasty. Well, anyway. I'm just saying. So him and his wife have earned the crown of Wombat of the Week here on the program, which gives him, uh, well, she's got a suspended sentence, but while he's away. How long did he get? You didn't say. Three years. Oh, that's all. Wow. Yeah. Three years. (sighs) Oh, my God. But while he, while he's in there, he can brag that he's the Wombat of the Week on this program. What do you keep looking over there for? As time goes by. Oh, yeah. Yeah, speaking of Britain. Right? So, well, I found that when I was going through the office, and we have the... We don't need that. Like, we have the No, original. we don't. Where is it? Down the beach. Oh. At the beach. Oh. Okay. But we don't have to bore them with this. No, we don't. <laughs> <laughs> Forget we're on the radio. We're actually, we're actually at that point where you know you have one last duty. Oh no! Yeah, it's time for you to say goodbye, Sharon. 
Goodbye, Sharon. So, the lovely Sharon's going to take her leave. I'm going to try to get the next segment technically set up, and hopefully it goes off without a hitch. Got some interesting stuff coming up, including a new Honor Thy Heroes recipient uh, for this week. In the meantime, don't go anywhere. I'll be back after things get set up for the final stretch of the show. And the lovely Sharon, we'll see you later. Bye. And I'll be back right after this. Bye. This message is for all of you sitting in the passenger seat. And apologies if it gets a little uncomfortable. But how does it feel to be at the mercy of someone who thinks a random text is more important than your life? Someone who takes their eyes off the road while speeding along in a three-ton hunk of steel. Freaky, right? Well, why not just ask them to stop? Or better yet, volunteer to text for them. It might be a little awkward, but believe me, you'll live. Learn more at StopTextStopRex.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration. Broadcasting from a crummy little studio in Baltimore, Maryland. This is Reality One Radio. You see why we need your donations? Welcome back, folks, to the Joel Mahalik Show featuring the lovely Sharon. It is the third segment of the show, and as you know, the lovely Sharon has exited to fix my dinner. Anyway, uh, so thanks for sticking in. It's the last part, the third stretch. We have different names for it, but uh, we were hoping to get some technical issues worked out. We think we did, and uh, we have a really special uh, thing happening this part of the show. We will be doing Honor Thy Heroes coming up in a little bit. but we have a guest, or I have a guest. So typically I have to do this segment by myself, but it's not the case tonight, because tonight I have a guest. I want everybody to please welcome a very good friend of mine. Um, he's like my son-in-law. You've heard me talk about him on a show. Uh, big time gamer, and that's why he's here to help me talk about some gaming stuff. Please welcome to the program, DeSandra of DeSandra Gaming on Twitch. What's up, buddy? Hey, how's it going? Good. Thanks for being here. Thanks Thank for, you. Thanks for taking the dive. Hey, I, you know, I got <laughs> wings. I can fly. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. So, you're here. Now you're in podcast land, which oh. is interesting because you're getting yourself all established to actually go into uh, full-on streamer mode uh, on Twitch, uh, playing mm-hmm. you know, your handful of – what are your go-to games? Yeah, I mean, I know the question, but I, you know, now you're you're being interviewed and discussed with, and so now you have to answer questions. Well, uh, in my gaming world, I like uh, Call of Duty: Modern Warfare. Um, that's going out pretty soon. We're gonna have the new Call of Duty coming in, so I'll be testing that out and playing that. Uh, some games like World of Warships, Ark Survival Evolved. You know, things that you'll be able to see me live stream when I play Twitch. Right, and yes, we do have a new Call of Duty coming in, and um, the beta test was last week, and we got, I know you got more time than I did on it, but you and I got some time together on uh, the beta of Cold War, and I think, if I remember, in a couple matches, I did pretty good. I'm terrible at the game, first of all. Let's, <laughs> let's make sure, let's, let me draw some contrast for the audience. First of all, we're in the presence here of gaming greatness. <laughs> DeSandra Gaming. DeSandra is really good with gaming, and that's because he's been gaming for a long time. Oh, yeah. 
I've been gaming all the way back to the Atari system, but not at the level of what you might consider to be a gamer. But that's where you are, and so you, because you have uh, the more time to invest in it, you are much better at it. Um, you're fed up, actually, with Warzone. Oh, uh, yeah. And I want to ask you why. Uh, well, the gaming community and everyone else that you know makes these games, these creators, um, you know, it does take skill. It takes a little bit of skill, a lot of time, and a lot of effort to get good at a game. Uh, you know, you have Xbox controllers and PlayStation controllers now to where they buy them with all these hacks in them. And literally, it makes them godlike with just a press of a button, uh, no skill related. And it's, it's kind of aggravating for a lot of us gamers out there, especially that buy, you know, $1,000 PCs to keep up with everything. And, you know, they just go out there and they buy a controller and show off that way, never get banned, and it ruins our game. Right. Yeah, that's true. I, I knew that the explanation would come uh, better from you as far as, as, as explaining it because uh, the best way I explain it is when I'm gaming and getting screwed by these people, I just scream, hackers, hackers, hackers. <laughs> <laughs> All of us. <laughs> <laughs> so now, November 13th, uh, the new Cold War Call of Duty will come out. We have both pre-purchased it, so we were able to take part in the beta. And so what are your first impressions uh, about the game? Well, I mean, uh, I like it. It's, you know, it's bringing back some old school things and some new school things, um, you know, health bars and stuff like that, which we don't have on any Call of Duty really that I can remember. Um, but personally, myself, there's a couple of things I don't like. Um, people that now have Xbox 5 or PS5 or whatever, and the new Xbox, they now get uh, aimbot which is pretty much you push a button and it directly aims at the person and they hit a button and hold it down until they're dead. Right. Uh, once to, again, no skill related at all. Right. And to clarify, we call it aimbot because to us it's a hack that defeats the, the real skill of the game. Correct. Uh, the, but the actual name of it, I think, is aim assist. Yes, it is. Who let us assist. assist you with your aim. <laughs> right. And they also have a recoil assist, which means they have absolutely no recoil to their gun, unlike PC players where we have to move our mouse up and down to control the weapon itself. Right. While firing. Right. While firing. So, I mean, you know, you have people that were complaining to, I guess, the creators, and they're like, oh, man, their thumbs don't move as fast as their wrist. And here you are. You got auto aim and no recoil. Right. Yeah. I mean, personally, I think that's probably going to kill the game. It's going to get annoying. We don't know if they'll fix it, but we'll see. Right. And it's to the point where you could go on TikTok. There's this really funny guy on TikTok, and he makes uh, uh, TikTok videos of Call of Duty. And he plays every character in his scenario. And it's to the point now where he recently made a video where he's actually making fun of Activision executives because they have not, and for the foreseeable future, we can assume will not do anything about these players. And like you had told me before that you either thought they were or that they should just take them and put them on their own server and let them aim bot and hack each other. Mm -hmm. So the rest of us who... 
like when I say I'm a bad player, I, I think I can fairly contribute some of that to these problems. Right. And I think I can confirm that now because I started playing Call of Duty Mobile, you know, for shits and giggles, and it has the aimbot in it. Because mm-hmm. I'm not even using a controller. I'm using my fingers on the screen, which to me is archaic, and I would never do that. But in six or seven games, I've gotten so good with the screen, I don't think I would put a controller on it. And I'm getting 20, 28, 30 kills a game. Yeah. You did a game the other day with the aimbot, and you, kill, you, you, you had half the kills of the, of the win. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> I can now confirm that because I've seen firsthand now how that works, that that does, that's given me an unfair advantage because I have to concentrate on aiming at someone I see where that person who I see, and I constantly say to you when we're playing, how did this guy, you know, kill me? Like, how did, how is he so fast? And now I know. Right. It's it, that's how it is. It's um, it's something that the gaming community has to stop. But it's also something that I think they need to kind of go to these modded controller companies and figure something out. Rather, it's taking them out or stopping them, or you know, maybe putting something in their game itself that stops these controllers all together to work. I used to think that when, you, like, early on, when you would tell me. Uh, cheating, hacking, things like that. What I envisioned was, you know, when we used to play Warface, <laughs> we had to put in that additional software. I forget what it's called, but it kept you from cheating. Right. And so that's why I initially used to think, I don't understand it. Why can't they have something like that? But then you only recently explained to me or made me understand that this isn't like a software hack. This is where they can buy hardware that's Mm -hmm. sort of pre-programmed to do these things. And it's not really requiring them to be some sort of hacker to the software or enter cheat codes. And, um, and as you said, you know, Activision hasn't given any solid reaction to that. They let it happen. Oh, yeah. I mean, it, it just depends. I mean, do you, do you really want to keep going and be the number one game? I mean, Call of Duty's been around for so long. I mean, that's, everybody jumps to it, rather if they're on a PC or a system. Um, yeah. Do you want to stay number one? If you do, then you need to start listening to community. Um, yeah, they might say, okay, well, I can plug a controller into my PC, and then I'll have the you know aim assist and no recoil. But to me, I bought a PC to play on a mouse and keyboard, not to plug in a controller. Right. Personally. So let's talk for a minute about, uh, so we're on Facebook, obviously, and we have, um, we have a club there that we started. It's not very big, although actually, I don't know if you noticed, but yesterday, a couple of the invites I sent out were accepted. Mm-hmm. So we have probably enough people on the page that we can count on one hand so far. Yes. <laughs> so, <laughs> so that's cool. But it's called the Gamers Cave, and um, I don't even think we have a. Do we have a handle yet on Facebook? No. Uh, I mean, it's the Gamers Cave, but we don't have enough members yet to have our own custom little. Like my show here is at JM Talk. We're not right. big enough yet. Right. But if you find us, and you're a gamer, you know. You can come, you can post uh, screenshots, videos of your feeds or um, things like that. In fact, Sandra, I posted a YouTube video yesterday. I don't know if you saw it. 
and it's uh, it's this guy who does who streams lessons on how to build an ark. Oh wow! And he is working on a harbor town, hmm. and it's amazing. You've got to see the bridge he, that he built. But anyway, so <laughs> we have this page, and we and we like to. Uh, DeSandra and I, we like to post things like uh, our scorecards after playing. You know, we'll take screenshots and post scorecards. Yeah, nutty stuff like that. It's not meant to be some sort of competitive page. We just want like-minded gamers to come have a place to hang out. You know, maybe we can build some squads or things like that, you know, mm-hmm. uh, of like-minded people. How many times I hear you in Call of Duty say, you know, if the team would do this, or the team would do that, and we've encountered teams, yes, and even, uh, but you know, in World of Warships, we've encountered, uh, you know, groups of uh, people with their vessels that just work in perfect unison to, to just decimate the enemy. Exactly. And in Call of Duty, we've been up against people where there's two, three, four of them in a squad just moving along, pow, 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 pow. Oh yeah. You know, and, uh, so for us, it's like a, it, it would be a dream come true. <laughs> it would be. Need I remind everybody, we do not post anything that has bad scorecards. <laughs> it's all of our best. <laughs> well, I did post this. I, like, I don't stream. I did a couple streams and there no commentary. I just turned the mic off. Just gameplay. Mm-hmm. And I did post one early on on that page. And, you know, I, I just said, yeah, not bad. You know, I'm not, again, I'm not the greatest. I do have some good matches. Last night we played some Warzone. We had one good match, and then I ruined the second match. And then uh, after you had gotten off, I did two more rounds, and I had a 10 and a 15 kill team death matches. Nice. Sometimes I have this happen, and I can't explain it, you know? Well, you uh, like to blame it on the kilo. You say if you don't have the kilo, you're not any good. So, <laughs> If you don't have the what? The kilo, you know. Kilo. Oh, yeah. Yes, I, love my kilo. I love my Kilo 141. <laughs> <laughs> I tried other things. I mean, you even tried to get me to do the AN94, and I'm like, yeah, it's powerful, but I'm going back to the Kilo. Yeah, yeah. And then, of course, my secondary, I, I take the pistol away, and then I carry the M4 as my secondary. Oh, yeah. You know, with all the same attachments, it's, <laughs> it's amazing what the attachments can do. Oh, yeah. So. I so you got to check us out now. Also, before we move on to, cause I got to get to the, we have to honor a hero this week. Uh, I also want to mention that, you know, I, I said earlier, you're going to be uh, streaming soon and you can uh, watch for that. And you can actually go and check out his page and like it and follow him while he's finishing preparations. It's twitch.tv uh, slash Desandra. That's D E S A N D R A underscore gaming, Desandra gaming. And you can go there, friend him there, follow him, and that way you'll get the updates. If you're following him, you'll get notified when he's live. And, um, and you know, seriously, kudos to you because you are a good player. Thank you. I appreciate you know, it. And, of course, we're going to be back on the ARC after we finish recording our interview. So we'll be back on the ARC. And... Um, I don't know. I watched that video yesterday, and I got and and I started drawing on paper, and I said, "Okay, I got something going here." <laughs> <laughs> Not a Harbor Town thing, but I got some interesting ideas in my head. So um, I know you listen every week. I appreciate that you do, Desandra. So you know that we're doing this honor the hero thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to tell everybody though who's listening, this is how you get involved. It's very much like the Wombat of the Week. All you got to do is you got to send us a link 
of somebody doing extraordinary things, somebody going above and beyond for somebody else. And uh, when we first started this segment, it was police, it was firefighters, it was first responders, and we've gone beyond that because we live in a world where we need more good stuff and good people, and we wanted to hear from every walk of life because, believe me, the wombats come from every walk of life. So that's how you do it. Just drop us the link in an email to joelmaholicradio at gmail.com or Hit us up with a PM on Facebook at JM Talk. And uh, so this week we have a, a hometown hero, and it is out of Kermit, West Virginia. I love West Virginia. Virginia, West Virginia, two of my favorite states. Uh, so out of Kermit, West Virginia, a man from Kermit is a hero after he saved the lives of a family uh, back on September 2nd, when a family of six inside a home were poisoned by carbon monoxide from a generator that was actually located inside the home instead of outside. Um, according to Assistant Fire Chief Wayne Williamson, he said it's a scene he'll never forget. He said doing this for a long time and helping people, and I have never rolled onto a scene quite like that. When he arrived on the scene, uh, the mother and five children were on the porch, some not responsive, some foaming from the mouth. Uh, he said it took him quite by surprise. I guess you could imagine in a rural area like that, that that would happen. Uh, and he said that if William, who is our hero, by the way, uh, Wayne Williamson, so he, he's misquoted, but he said, wait a minute, let me go back. Wayne Williamson, no, Wayne Williamson is the chief. Why did they not give me the hero's name? Oh, William Atkins. Okay, he's the neighbor. He said if he had not responded with quick action after a phone call from a friend who said, could you check on my family down the street? I can't get a hold of them. Uh, and he headed down there. He heard the generator but didn't see one outside and then booked into action because he knew right then that there was a problem. And that's what happened. So he said he was thinking about the kids and everything that had to be done. And uh, all he could think about was get them out and call the fire department. The children, five children, ages 3 to 11, and their mother uh, were what prompted Atkins to act. Um, so he said he was trying to call the family. Nobody was answering. We covered that. Uh, he heard the generator. He said when he could not smell gas outside, that was actually the point where he knew that this was more serious than he could even think. So after knocking on the door and getting no, no response, uh, he broke the door down. And he saved all of them, a mother and five children. So, you know, again, and I've said this before, what does the common person do in this situation? And I always, I, many times I refer to the fact that we may not even know if we're up for that task. Um. And even me, I spent a lot of time, I spent 16 years in, uh, in volunteer service. I was a paramedic, I was an EMT, uh, fire department, fire police. Even with that, can't be sure. One of the reasons, I've been out of it a long time. But one just never knows. But these types of people, they just snap into action. And you don't even know, like, you may not even, of course, everyone's going to, you know, they'll have nothing but good things to say about them. 
And that may not always be the case. You just don't know what somebody can do. And that's the whole thing about it. And this story here about Mr. Atkins is the kind of story that we really want to get. Like it was, it's cool to get police heroes, firefighter heroes. But when you get a story about a neighbor in a rural town in West Virginia and the fire chief is amazed at what happened, has never seen something like this in his life, and they're alive because of this man. That is the ultimate hero story. And because of that, this Mr. Atkins, William Atkins, from Kermit, West Virginia, is our Honor Thy Heroes recipient this week on the program. So he gets the bragging rights. They're all his. And um, we thank you for your service to this family and how thankful they must be. And you fully deserve the recognition. And, uh, and thank you very much. You're the recipient of the award. So that's going to bring me real tight up against the clock. Uh, I want to thank you, Sandra, for hanging out. I tell you, I think you're going to get addicted. So we may hear from him some more. Are you addicted? I'm addicted. You're all, you're all calm now, right? You don't mind me saying that. <laughs> he was pretty nervous. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's <laughs> and, been fun. And in fact, the first time I asked him, uh, we did talk about it. And he said, yeah, just give me a, you know, some notice. So crazy me, 4 o'clock on a Friday, I'm, I'm like, so what do you think? You want to get together like 7, 7.30? Sure. And, and you had said that the first time you were like, oh, man, I thought I was going to get some notice. And so you were nervous. And I was like, it's three and a half in my head. I'm like, it's three and a half hours. How much notice you need to turn a <laughs> microphone on and, and just shoot the breeze? Right. <laughs> I knew, though, when you got here, buddy, it was going to take care of that. Oh, thank you. So thanks for sitting in. Remember to visit us at the Gamers Cave. Remember to visit him, Twitch TV. Desandra underscore Gaiman. Links will be on the, uh, the podcast notes for this podcast, number 112, by the way. I want to thank everybody for listening. On behalf of the lovely Sharon and myself, thanks for stopping by this week. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast. You can do that by going to www.jmtalk.net and visit us on social media, TikTok and Facebook at JM Talk, Instagram and Twitter at JM Talk Radio. Until next time, please, everyone, be good to one another. Say hello to a stranger. Will you say hi to a stranger? And we'll catch you next time. Goodbye. <laughs>